0: This message was recorded at Vision Baptist Church in Alfred, Georgia. It is our prayer that you will be blessed by the preaching of God's Word. All right. Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn them to the book of Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4 and verse 25. And there were 11 missionaries leaving altogether, and maybe they're right this time. And so we're excited about that. And also be in prayer for Jared and Jessica. They're at the hospital awaiting on the arrival of Eli. And so be praying for them as that's about to happen. Genesis chapter 4 verse 25. If you, I hope you'll open your Bible and have it open to Genesis in front of you. Uh, I know that the screen will be up and I know that the guys will have the verses for you. But I hope you'll open it at least to Genesis. We'll go to some other places. I'll stay mostly in Genesis, and you can mark things, and it'll help you as you go back reading it later. You'll go through there and you'll say, Hey, that looks like plowed ground. I've been here before, it's a softer dirt. I can understand it better. I can dig down deeper, I can plant more seed. I can get more out of it. So I would like to challenge you to do that. I want to talk to you tonight about a godly family heritage, a godly family heritage. And that's what I see. We're going to go from chapter 4, verse 25, all the way to chapter 5, the very end of it. We're not going to read all of it, but we are going to scan through it. So if you've got your Bible open, follow along with me, if you would. Verse 25, And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son, and called his name Seth. For God said, She hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel whom came slew i'll mention that in just a second can i get you look his way you know in all the bad things this family's going through i mean they lived in the garden they've been kicked out of the garden they have sinned against god they know they've sinned against god one son has killed another son Uh, they're learning how to make life in a place where they weren't made to live actually they're made to live in paradise and they're learning how to make life their son has left and taken at least some of the other children and gone to another city and the seed that they thought god had given them a special child that was the answer to prayer it was going to be the way god would rescue uh, the 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 human race again has been been killed by the brother but in verse 25 she's still believing you ought to underline that it says here hath appointed me another seed and that word seed there ought to make you jump way back to genesis 3:15 and make you think about this she knew she was going to have a child and she knew that child was going to bring great victory verse 26 and to he to whom also there was born a son he called his name enos then began men to call upon the name of the lord you should underline that men began to call upon the name of the lord enos is born and people start praying verse five or chapter five verse one this is the book of the generations of adam in the day that god created man in the likeness of god made he him now i'm not gonna preach on this one and i will be through at eight o'clock even if i don't finish but could you would you circle in the day for those of you that wonder if he took a a gazillion years, he has again repeated the same thing he said when he started telling the story. He said, I'll tell the story because I was the only one around here when I did it. I created the earth. In the beginning, I was here and I made everything. And now he says, let me, can I just remind you on the day I made man, on the day I made man. So evidently he thought he made man on the sixth day, or at least the writer of the book of Genesis thought that. I believe that that's what the Holy Spirit of God says to us. Chapter two, uh, verse two, five two. And male and female created he them, and blessed them, and he called their name Adam in the day when they were created. He gave both of them the same name, Adam, human race, humans, man. Verse three. And Adam lived hundred and thirty years, and he begat a son in his own image, after his uh, in his own likeness, after his image, and he called his name Seth. Verse four and at the days of adam after he had begotten seth were 800 years and he begat sons and daughters and all the days that adam lived were 930 years and he died you ought to underline 930 years you might wonder where all the people got husbands and wives and that might be a question for you but we know that adam has been having kids and uh he lives 930 years that gives him plenty of time i don't know if there are any twins or triplets in the deal i don't know if he just had they just had one every two years as they weaned them or whatever but they did they had children now i wish you would like i wish you'd go to it says that in verse four if you didn't underline it he begat sons and daughters he begat sons and daughters and then in verse five could i get you to circle two dirty words two nasty words two words that were never meant to be spoken were never part of our our heritage was not our god's plan for us he died let you circle that he died god put them in a garden put a tree of life in the garden so they could live forever but they sinned against god did their own thing and he died go to chapter 5 verse 8 the last two words he died go to chapter 5 and verse 11 last two words he died go to chapter 5 verse 14 last two words he died go to chapter 5 verse 17 last two words he died go to five twenty. he died verse 21 we'll take back up reading Can i just stop and say this for a people that were made to live they sure are doing a lot of dying verse 21 and enoch lived sixty and five years and begat methuselah And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. Now you might underline that. Enoch walked with God after his son was born. He kept on walking with God. And that's a very unique statement. It's not been said about anyone yet. Enoch walked with God. Go down to verse 24 if you would. And Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him he just walked with god and that was it i don't know where he went they don't know where he went don't know what happened to him he walked with god and evidently he went to heaven chapter 5 verse 27 last two words he died chapter 5 verse 29 and he called his name noah saying this same shall comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands because the ground which the lord of the ground which the lord hath cursed go down to verse 31 last two words he died let me give you seven little things you might jot down in the margin of your bible right there and think through this chapter somebody asked me said what in the world are you going to do with this chapter here well, here it comes seven little things i'd like you to notice number one two distinct families somewhere you ought to write that down i want to talk to you about a godly family heritage i want to talk to you about the heritage of your family and what you're building right now the first thing i see here are two distinct families Cain fleeing from the presence of god and seth seeking god they're the two heroes uh, or, or two main stars of the program they're the guys whose names are mentioned cain has gone from the presence of god i'd just like to remind you uh, on a side note he developed an advanced culture you might ought to write that down because you need to know you aren't dealing with stone age uh, cavemen you're dealing with people that were able to uh, to do all the things but they are cruel people one of the children boast about murder i have committed murder and i'm proud of it watch this then seth has another line of children cain's already gone off to another city not going to see mom and dad again doesn't care about mom and dad doesn't care about the rest of the family doesn't care about god he's left god and seth is a whole new guy seth is a, has a line of children showing a definite interest in the things of god two of them get mentioned in hebrews chapter 11 there are two families on the planet at this time. Two main lines. And in Hebrews chapter 11, two assessed children get mentioned. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. You don't have to look it up. You can just write it right there in your Bible next to Enoch. The guy who walked with God. You already marked the verse. I hope. And it says in Hebrews 11, 5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And was not found because God translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So this guy, we know now that he didn't just die now we know what happened to him he got translated he got raptured out of here he got taken straight to heaven to be with god that's seth's boy that's one of seth's grandkids seth's kids on the way to heaven hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7 noah is also one of seth's sons and it says in hebrews 11 7 by faith noah being warned of god of things not seen as yet Moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. This was the promise in Genesis 3:15. and we're back to Genesis 3:15. It's just like a constant theme. In fact, is after you've seen Genesis 3:15, you ought to notice it's going to run through the whole Bible. There will be two seeds, and they will be at war. I will put enmity between thee and the woman. Between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Enmity between the serpent and the woman. The seed or the offspring, the descendants of the serpent, versus the seed, offsprings, or descendants of the woman. Ultimately, the conflict is between Satan and Jesus. But it's illustrated in this chapter. Cain kills Abel. In the chapter we've just read, Cain kills Abel. You know why he kills Abel, don't you? He kills Abel because he loves God. He kills Abel because he offers a, a sacrifice. Hebrews 11, 4. The Bible says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. It's illustrated in Cain starting a family that flees from the presence of God while fa- Seth starts a family that seeks after God and I'd just like to ask some questions real quick as I end in point number one point number one there's two families on the planet there's two seeds and the battle is on we're already in the battle and I'd like to ask you some questions what sort of heritage are you leaving your family do you flee from the presence of God How about this one? Is the discussion of God, Jesus, the Bible right and wrong? Is that a normal part of your conversation? At home, not at church? If they follow your example, will they see the things of God as more important or will they see material things as more important? As time goes on, your family is going to pick up on everything you're doing and everything you're saying. And Cain's going to have a whole family like him and Seth's going to have a family very much like him they follow your example if they have to sum up who you are and what you do how will they rank jesus on your list all alone let's don't let you die because when you die they change the list make you really nice But if your kids were behind your back discussing you and they were saying, these are my parents' priorities. This is dad and this is what's important to dad. And let me write something in private. Let me say something. Don't tell daddy I said it, but let me just tell you how I write my dad, how I rank dad. Where would Jesus show up on what they think about you? Two families. Which one are you acting like? Number two, God gives Eve another seed. God gives Eve another seed look if you would in genesis chapter 4 verse 25 and adam knew his wife again she bare a son and she called his name Seth, and said god said she it's god that has appointed me another seed instead of abel whom Cain slew I don't know that very many of us ever think like that when our wives get pregnant I don't know that uh, I, I mean it's been a long time 28 years just about since Betty was a with child but uh, when a young guy get I don't know if they if people think man this is a child God's given me I don't know how much that really comes into the discussion uh, I don't know how much they said boy we can make pretty babies but she said boy God's given us another seed another opportunity a new beginning hope that God's promised Redeemer and Deliverer would be born. Abel has killed his brother. Cain's gone off from God and started a city and a whole new line that are a long ways from God, but now Seth is born. And they hope he's the appointed seed. Can I just stop here, just a little parenthesis. I truly believe with all my heart the day Mary got word from the angel that she was going to have that baby, she understood Genesis three fifteen. I think she knew the history. I think she knew that her great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmama Eve was looking for the appointed seed. I think she knew that when Cain, uh, Cain killed Abel, that they thought the seed was dead and they hoped it would be Seth. And, I, and, I, and I, I think with all my heart that those young girls knew God's going to send somebody. When, they, when the angel told her, I believe she knew what the Old Testament said. Even though Abel had died and Enoch had become a murderer, they still believed God and looked for him to answer. I just stop right there because you know I just say this to you isn't it amazing and tragedy how your faith comes unglued but this family's faith stood together how when your family falls apart one kid kills another kid that's that's reason to go to the crazy house that's reason to give up and quit this family's still believing God do you know the promise of God do you look to see him make them real in your life how do you deal with setbacks Things going wrong that might make you think that God hasn't come through. And everybody in this room, if you haven't been through them, you're going to be through them. You're going to watch a child die. You're going to watch a spouse die. You're going to watch a parent die. You're going to watch your money fall apart. You're going to watch everything. And all you're going to have left is God. How are you going to deal with it? I don't know that you'll ever have to watch your son kill your son. But you are going to go through stuff. How are you going to deal with it? There's only one way to deal with it. Get ready for it now. Get ready for it now while the sun is shining and things are going good third thing i'd like to show you quickly chapter 4 verse 26 men began to call upon the lord men began to call upon the lord chapter 4 verse 26 and to seth to him also there was born a son and he called his name enos then men began then began men to call upon the name of the lord abel's been killed cain's gone off in his own way seth has a son and something changes men begin to pray There's a call back to God. There's a revival. It seems like the way it's stated in the verse that men had kind of lost interest in praying. And I'm not really sure what happened, but I'm just going to give you... Now, this is Austin's opinion. But, you know, Cain has been awful prosperous Cain left the family, Cain left Adam and Eve, Cain went off and started, and maybe the whole family thought, he's cursed, it's all going to fall apart, and he went over there and he enjoyed, it looks like blessings, even though he's going to die and go to hell, things look pretty good right now, and maybe men began to to pull away from God, and when this baby's born, they begin to call on God, and I just think that might be the condition that goes on in our church, because we live in a society where lost people prosper, David had to deal with that issue where we live in a society where lost people prosper and lost people have nice houses and lost people have nice things and everything's going good maybe it calls us away from prayer because we're not listening and not doing right after all the offerings had brought death cain had killed he disobeyed but now finally men call on god and life will be preserved for several hundred more years two great men will come from the family one will walk with god and not die enoch and the other will be used to save humanity in the ark his name will be noah what would be the testimony of your life do you call others to call on god would your children know that you seek god and i'd just like to stop just a second and just remind you of this it won't be long till it's over for you and it doesn't feel like that to you today And death seems like the furthest thing away from us. And if we're 100, we don't think it's here. We're 100. We think we ought to live to 110. We we, we never accept it. But sooner or later, it's going to happen just like it did here. And just like what happens here. And I would just like to ask you, I I would just like to ask you if I could, what kind of testimony you're leaving? I'd like to ask you what kind of influence you're leaving. I'd like to ask you what do you think is going on in your family? Number four. Adam has a son in his own image, chapter 5 and verse 3. And Adam lived 130 years, and he begat a son in his own image, in his own likeness, after his image, and he called his name Seth. I'd just like to call forward to you some things that happened to him. I don't really know what that means. It's hard to know exactly what it means when it said in his own likeness and after his image. We know he was created in the image of God. And we know that God still says that because in Genesis chapter 9, he says, you kill a man, your, your blood will be shed because man was created in the image of God. But I hear some things I can think of immediately. We know that Adam sinned and death is passed to his son as well as his sin. Adam now has a son and in his, in his own likeness and after his own image and death will be passed to his son and sin will be passed. We also know that Adam learned to call on God and it appears that Seth caught that too and Seth will be a guy that calls on God. Obviously, we pass on more to our children of what we are than what we say. It is caught, not taught. You cannot tell them. You have to show them. It's not do as I say. It is they will do as you do. Have you considered what you are passing on? That's a serious question. I literally do often think about my funeral and my death. I definitely have this year, but even way before that I have. Years ago I did, and sooner or later, you know, as a pastor, I've said at so many funerals, I've listened to everybody talk, and I've listened to them when they try to scrounge up good things to say about them. I've listened to them when they try to scrounge up when they got saved. I've watched their families. I've seen what's going on. I want to know, what am I passing on? What am I leaving in the lives of my children? How will you, Have you considered how your children will be if they are after your image? Not all your children will always do what you want. Adam has two sons. One follows God. The others a murderer. But I'm going to do the dead level best I can. Just let me stop and say, Man, your daughter is going to learn how a wife ought to be treated by the way you treat your wife, and your son's going to learn how to treat a woman by the way you treat your wife. And wife, your your daughter's going to learn how a wife ought to act by watching how you act, and she's going to learn how a lady ought to love her husband by watching you. We have great influence you can say what you want but i'm just trying to find out what the bible's saying here and say what it says and he says adam had a, was 130 years old and he had a kid and he was in his own likeness and after his own image we are a product and i know that not everybody's going to turn out that way and i don't want to guilt you or manipulate you but i challenge you to think a minute of what your what your kid's going to be like i challenge you to think of what you're going to pass on adam has a lot of sons and daughters in chapter in, in chapter five and verse four Never forget that the most important thing that you have to pass on down is your faith. The majority of the people mentioned in this chapter that we skipped over, I didn't read all their names, but almost everybody in this chapter, all we got about them is their names, that they had kids and they died. Had a kid, died. Had a kid, died. Had a kid, died. Isn't it interesting that it's not even, it's not talking about how much money they left, it's not talking about how much property they left. It's not talking about how, much, how famous they were. But they had a kid and they died. And God takes the time to mention them. I don't know what's going on. But I do know this much. You should remember that your kids are going to be a lot like what you invest in them. The greatest investment you have. And I'm afraid that we are too quick to build businesses, get people get money get houses get things and we forget the absolute most important thing that god ever gave us or put in our place where our children number five death is now a part of life we're only we're only five chapters in and death is a part of life adam has already died death is a result of sin look if you would in romans chapter 5 you can watch it on the screen just write it down in the margin of your bible maybe romans chapter 5 and verse 12 the bible says wherefore is by one man entered into the world adam you brought sin into the world and death came by sin so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned i am a sinner by nature because it comes down from my dad who, came, who was the, the first sinner i'm going to die because it comes down from my dad verse 14 nevertheless death reigned from adam to moses even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of adam's transgression there wasn't any sin by the way that says in verse 13 the sin was in the world but sin is not imputed they didn't even put the sin on the books in all of its gravity but they still died verse 15 not as the offense so also as the gift the free gift for if through the offense of one many be dead much more the grace of god the gift of grace which is by the man Jesus Christ. I'm not going to read the rest, of that chat, the rest of those verses I have there. But just let me remind you. Adam died. His kids died. Adam sinned. His kids sinned. Jesus will finally come and he'll be the second Adam. And he'll bring life. Those that were meant to live forever now die. To me, if you could make a movie of it, that'd be, the, that'd be one of the worst things everybody's dying everybody was supposed to live there was a tree of life in the garden they were supposed to live forever but they're all dying they were not designed for death sin and rebellion brought death and obedience will now bring life the hard part about obeying is that we simply believe and trust we don't do i would just like to stop here and show you something disobedience brought death obedience brings life but guess what our obedience is it's not morality it's not law keeping it's not rule keeping it's knowing this that i must believe and obey god that i can't and only he can and that goes against the grain every man's like no if you show me what i can do i will do it if you tell me that what i have to do is build a building i watch the I watched the religious uh, entities of Peru build... The, the beer people would build entire churches for them. The, they, 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 they'd sell death all week long and go build a church so they'd get everything all right. Rich people paid. Boy, If, if you could just get, this, get everybody to do stuff down, you can really make a religion that makes money. They sure have done that. But the truth is that salvation is about obeying him to know that he is the only way. They lived... They had a family and they died. You realize that hundreds of years are summed up in these these chapters. Adam alone is going to live over 900 years. And so we're finishing a chapter that's going to be longer than this millennium that we just passed. It's a long time. And here's what they're doing they're having kids and they're dying. Will you get caught up in things that don't matter and don't last? I don't know how we're not more worried about souls and how we're not more worried about God and how we're not more worried about uh, missions and world evangelism. Because when the truth is said, when it's all written down, it's going to be you lived, you had a kid, you got a house and you died. And a few years from now, absolutely no one will remember who you were. We really don't go around talking about it, but a handful of people and we all, we don't even really know about them. Will you get caught up in the wrong stuff? Go with me if you would down to chapter 5 and verse 26. Chapter 4 and verse 26. I didn't mark it right here in my notes. A baby's birth makes a difference between death and defeat and victory. It would appear that when Enoch was born, something changed. When Enoch was born, something changed. The Bible says, and to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the Lord. And so I'd just like to say we got young families in our church. It's an amazing the difference that a baby being born made in their life It was a definite change. In the Bible story, we see many changes come when a baby is born when moses is born a deliverer is born in egypt will be rescued when samuel's born a righteous judge comes on the scene after the word of god has been scarce when jesus is born he's on the road to calvary you should realize that there's a great heritage in being a parent this child was born and all of a sudden men said hey it's time to quit playing i don't know if dad said man we got a kid we can't act like kids anymore ourselves we got a man up and I got to get in touch with God, and my boy is gonna grow up in a praying family. I'm not sure what happened. But there were some definite changes. You should realize that your children are an heritage of the Lord. They belong to Him. He has a purpose for their life. You should raise them to honor and serve God. You never know just who God has given you in your in your baby. Now just for you know, as I read through I, I, I thought of a thousand things. I think of how many of you are so selfish with your kids. You think those are your property. You think the kids God gave you are your property. But they're not. They belong to God. He has a purpose and a plan for their life. And you ought to raise them and say, man, I cannot believe God allowed me to have a child. I cannot believe it. I still remember when Betty found out she was pregnant. After I got over the shock and after, I thought I was going to die because I knew I would never be able to pay for it on the puny salary we made working at a church we'd walk down the road and i said when he's born i want him to be named christopher she said how you know he's going to be a boy i said i don't know but he is and i wanted to be christopher it means christ bearer and i knew that in my life i had one thing i wanted to have happen i wanted to say i want to raise a kid for jesus when I'm dead, it's, if, if nothing else can be said, I want them to say, I raised a kid for Jesus. I said, did the best I could. By the way, my kids caused great trouble. Not trying to say I was any kind of perfect parent. I was a horrible parent. Number seven, and I'm through. God took care to know people. Went through all of it, tried to look at it and think, what in the world's going on? God takes care to know people. Did you notice that God named all these people? And I didn't read chapter 5, and if you've ever read your Bible, whenever you get to chapter 5, it's one of those chapters you either skim real quick or jump slap over. And you're like, why in the world did God put that chapter in there? I don't care about George having a kid and dying, and Tom having a kid and dying, and, and Sam having a kid. I don't care what God did. And you're never going to make it to the famous category probably. If you get mentioned at all, you and I will probably be in chapter 5. We're probably not going to be an Exodus like Moses. We're probably not going to be like John, but God noticed. I would have left him out, but God didn't. He notices you. He noticed a man living a holy life in a horrible time, by the way. I'm not even going to preach on Enoch. I've already got the next message prepared. I'm not even going to preach on Enoch, but he was a godly man in a most wicked time of life. How can you say it's hard to live a Christian life? in 2013 in Alpharetta, Georgia. How can you say, I really just can't make time to go to church, can't make time to read my Bible, really can't get enough money to give to God? I mean, you don't have any idea how hard it is to live for God right now. Why don't you sit down with Enoch and tell him that one? I mean, the world is so wicked that at the beginning of the next chapter, God's going to say, I've had it, it's done, you're all fried, I'm killing every last one of you. I wish I'd never made you guys. I'll save eight of you kill everything start over but Enoch was a great man he lived a holy life in a horrible time do you realize that we have no excuse for not loving God and serving him in these trying times though Seth had started a godly line by the end of this chapter there's almost nobody left in his family fact is by chapter six in the whole world there will only be eight What will you have gained if you make a good life here for you and your children and you lose it all in hell afterwards? What would you make if you help your kid? I just, man, boy, just, are you ready? I'm, 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 I'm quitting. But it's a big mistake to make education, money, jobs, entertainment, and sports more important than serving God. You're communicating great truths to your children. It's more important to go to that sporting activity than it is to be at the house of God. Notice, son, Dad's telling you that. So you'll know. If you ever have a choice between a ball game and church, choose the ball game. That's what I that's what Dad did. By the way, son, if money is offered, choose money, not church. You're communicating great truths to your children. Is that what you want them to see in you? Is that what you want them to practice in their lives? You're the head of a new family, a new line. And a new way of thinking a new way of living how are you going to handle it are you going to pass on your faith my dad was the first one saved in the gardener line my granddaddy Gardner wasn't saved my grandmother died of an illegal abortion in 1935 my dad was six years old my dad ran the uh, my granddad ran the bar and my dad got saved when dad got saved, it, ch- it made a change, at least in my life, at least in, 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 in my family's life. And I can look and I can say, hey, today I stand here serving Jesus, and I got four kids that are trying to serve Jesus right now. Uh, two of, uh, two of my two sons are preachers. I pray to God my grandchildren can be. And I would just challenge you today to notice this, a godly heritage. Seth made a difference, but it wasn't much of a difference. By the time it's over, only Noah's going to be saved. And all it takes is one of you as a dad to show less interest in the things of God for your kids to realize because you're their hero, Mr. Seth. You're their hero, Mr. Cain. And for, for work or hunting or sports, there's nothing that can stop you but let a little wind blow and the things of God go on the back burner. I will soon be dead and you will soon be dead. And I hope and pray to God that when they think of us, they'll say, oh, my daddy loved Jesus. He was a man of the book. He read it. He prayed. He didn't miss church. He was the rock of Gibraltar. He couldn't do much, wasn't the best preacher, wasn't the best of anything. But I knew one thing about my daddy. He loved Jesus. Are you starting, living, having a godly heritage? Father in heaven, I love you. And I pray your name would be glorified. I pray you'd wake your people up to think more and more about you and to make you the goal of their life. Not to get so caught up in living that you get second place. And I'll give you praise with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Maybe the Holy Spirit dealt with you. I have absolutely no idea. But if He did, you might want to pray in your seat or you might want to pray at this altar. You might be here and you are not have a godly a godly heritage because you're not born again. You don't know that you'd go to heaven if you were to die. But I'd like to help you. If you're not sure you're saved and you let me help you, if you'll raise your hand, we'll pray for you. We'll get somebody to talk to you, show you how to know Jesus. Would there be anyone like, like, like that in the room tonight? I challenge you to honor God and your family. Lord, I love you, I magnify you, and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Austin Gardner, pastor of Vision Baptist Church. For contact information, location, service times, or more audio and video recordings, log on to www.visionbaptist.com.